first psalm. Psalms 31. I want to encourage you, if you're not familiar with this psalm, when you get home, to read through it about ten times. There is so much here that must be left unsaid in a brief message like this. As David begins in the introduction of the psalm, he speaks about his problems, troubles, and trials, and difficulties, his fears, and all of those things that tend to make life miserable. But when we come to verse number 14, suddenly there's a change in scenery, a change in attitude. Everything takes on a new light. He says, but, and I want to encourage you to just look back later on and to take into consideration all of the negative things that he's just mentioned. And with all of those things against him, he says, but I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. It's amazing how things change from day to day. Just a few days ago, as you well know, September the 11th, everyone's mind was on one of the worst days in the history of our nation. And the very thought of 9-11 not only dredges up all of those sad memories, it causes anger to resurface. And it begins to generate new fears in the hearts of millions of people who worry that something like that just might happen again. And you know, even if that wasn't a problem area, I think I could safely say that we all have our problems of some sort. Things that frighten us, and things that leave us with a feeling of insecurity. And if that describes you, I hope today that you find encouragement in this message Because God doesn't always spare us from the tough times, but He does promise to get us through those difficult days. If we have one thing in common, it's this, that we are a needy people. Nobody here today that doesn't have a need of some kind. And we all need a helping hand. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, a helping hand. Notice verse number 15 in our text for the message today. My times are in thy hand. And regardless of what we're going through, we Christians can always say that we have a a helping hand. The word times here means events or experiences, whatever it is that we're going through. And I want you to notice in the plural, because there there are a variety of different experiences in life, and some are pleasant and some are painful, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But as you know, life is a mystery. 
But did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurred to God? God's never surprised. I mean, you can't stump God. You can't fool God. You can't confuse God because He knows all. And He tells us only so much is what we need to know. And our times, all of the events of our life, all of the experiences that we go through, he says, our times are in God's hand. He not only knows all, he controls all. And just as the moon controls the tides in in all of the seas, even so, God is the one that controls this world. Even as the stars are held in their course by their planet, it is God that governs in the affairs of man. And and that's what David is getting at in our text here. Our times are in his hands. So I want you to notice some things about this statement. First of all, notice the voice, the voice of the testimony. This is the voice of a man. It's David, a man that we're, you know very familiar with. We know about his great exploits. We know about his miserable failures. We know how that God blessed him and how that God cursed him. So here is a man speaking out of the depths of his own personal experiences. And if ever there was a man qualified to speak on this subject, it's David. Because here's a man that experienced the extremes of life. He was a shepherd boy who became a king. He was a giant killer, and yet he spent many of his days hiding in caves for fear of his life. Here's a man who is an awful sinner, and yet a man described as a man after God's own heart. He's an awful sinner. He's an amazing saint, and here's a man that caved in to the lust of the flesh, and yet the Bible speaks about him being a man after God's own heart. So he's a man that has gone through all of these extremes and different experiences, and so he bases this statement on that. In other words, this isn't hearsay, and nor is it theory that he's conjured up in his natural mind He's showing us what he actually discovered to be a fact. So there's no guesswork here. He's declaring the truth. And since all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, we can depend on it to be true, to be factual. You know, even if David had not experienced all of these different things, you know, sometimes we tend to, I think, we tend to place too much emphasis upon the writer's experiences. Because when God says something, it's true whether we've experienced it or not. But it just seems to add something to the weight of the story when someone like Paul or someone like David that has gone through these tough times speaks to us about God's grace being sufficient because we look at that and we have the record of how God helped them And that encourages us in our times of need. So this is the voice of the testimony of a man that's experienced the extremes of life. So many times, you know, we think and reckon, reason in our mind about someone else's advice or their counsel. Well, you don't know how I feel. You've never been through it. Well, here's a fellow that's been through it. I mean, he he knows what it is to be in the depths of 
of depression. And he knows what it is to be on the mountaintop of spiritual victory. And so this is the voice that's speaking to us this morning. But notice not only the voice of the testimony, but the variety of the times. And as I mentioned earlier, you'll notice that he uses the plural. My times are in thy hand. In other words, it's not all sunshine, nor is it all clouds. There are seasons. There is drought. And there is rain, there's the seed time, and there's the harvest. And so all through our life, we have the hills and the valleys. We experience all of these extremes in our life. And we need to remember that God is involved in all of our times, all of our experiences. Maybe we ought to start with the fact that God is involved in the delightful things in our life. Our times, our delights are in God's hands. You know, when we think about the blessings of God that are more than we can even begin to number, more than we even know about, there's not one person here that can, could honestly say, God's never blessed me. He's given us the sunshine and the rain. He's given us all of the many blessings of life. And there, but there is a danger associated with all of this in that we tend to either, number one, take credit for our successes and prosperity, or we forget to give God thanks for what we have. And we need to remember that all of the things that we delight in all come from the hand of God. Remember he said to ancient Israel, he said it is God that causes you to get riches. It's God that enables you to prosper. And James said every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom is no variable, no shadow of turning. So every good thing we have comes from God. Our times, our good times, our delightful times all come from God. None of us can take credit for any of those things. They're all given as a gift of God. But not only are there the delightful times, there are the difficult times. And I think this is what we sometimes fail to realize because it's easy for us when things are going good for us to attribute all of these things to God. You know, we think, oh, God's blessed me in so many ways. I'm healthy. You know, I've got money in the bank. I've got a wonderful family. I've got loving friends and all of these. But very few people seem to understand that even the bad times are in God's hands. One of my favorite writers was an old preacher many years ago by the name of Octavius Winslow. And he made this statement. He said, sorrow cannot come until God bids it. Health cannot fade. Wealth cannot vanish. Comfort cannot decay. Friendship cannot chill. Loved ones cannot die until He in His sovereignty permits. Your time of sorrow is His appointment. Dear child of God, your affliction, your trials, your crosses, your losses, your sorrows, all, all, are in your heavenly Father's hands, and they cannot come until sent by Him. Now, I want you to think about that because so many times we just attribute every painful thing to the devil. And by the way, the devil can be involved in all of this. The devil was certainly involved in the suffering of Job, was he not? 
But we need to keep this in mind, that God even uses Satan as a tool or an implement to bring about His will. And so even our sufferings, the bad things, the difficult things that we go through, can all be attributed in a manner of speaking to God, because God must either cause those things or allow those things. One of the most shocking verses maybe in the Bible, and some folks have never thought about it, is what God said to Moses many years ago in the book of Exodus chapter 4, verse 11, And the Lord said unto him, now listen carefully, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who, or who maketh the dumb, or the deaf, or the seen, or the blind? Have not I the Lord... Now, I realize that raises a lot of questions because we can't always understand what God causes or what God allows, why He lets certain things happen. But if we got a lick of sense, we'll believe what He says. And it's as though God is saying to Moses, Look, I've got big shoulders. You can lay all of this on me. I made the lame. I made the blind. I made the dumb. I'm I'm behind all of this. I allowed all of those things to happen. And so many people get bitter at God when bad things happen as though God is a bad God and He's not. We have we are listen, we're never justified in getting bitter at God because of the painful things that He allows in our life, because we know that He does so for a good reason. My times, delightful times, are in God's hand. My times, difficult times, are all in God's hands. Not only that, but my times of distress and defeat are in God's hands. We all experience times of conflict. Battles, wounds, depression, defeat, and sometimes we fail. But regardless of all of our faults and all of our failures, we're still in God's hands. I love what Paul tells us in the book of Romans, that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Listen, that's the one constant in your life. Everything else is always changing. People will disappoint you. They'll let you down. They'll hurt you. But God said nothing Absolutely nothing, neither life nor death nor anything else shall ever separate you from my love. No, that doesn't mean that God won't let these difficult times come into your life, but it means God is right there with you in the midst of the storm. And the wonderful thing is that His grace will be sufficient to get you through it. As I said at the very beginning, God never promised that life would be all sunshine. God never promised that there wouldn't be any pain and any problems and any difficulties. But He certainly has promised that He'll be with us. And David says, My times, whether the delightful times or the difficult times or those distressful times, even when I suffer defeat, when I'm down and out for the count, still those times are all in God's hands. Well, let's take it to the extreme. Even the time of death is all in God's hand. And as you read through these verses, you'll see that 
David was in fear of his life at the beginning because his enemies were out to kill him. And yet he says, my times, you see, he's recovered his sanity, you might say, because here he is driven by fear, running from his enemies. And then he made that statement, but, but I trust in thee, O Lord. My enemies are after me. My life is being threatened. They have made me miserable. My friends have turned against me and everything else. But he said, I trust in thee. And what David says is just as true in death as it is in life. The Bible says there's a time to live and a time to what? And a time to die, right? But that too is in his hand. I'm so glad that God holds death at bay until he knows the moment is right. And when he does, it's still in his hand. That's why we don't need to fear death. There's so many times, you know, the older we get when we're young, we never think about this. But we start getting older and we start realizing how weak and how frail our flesh is. And all of a sudden we start thinking about it. And, uh, and uh, it's not that we fear it so much, but we start thinking about it. I, I want to say something. I've never even mentioned this to anyone before. Twelve years ago, I see, it was twelve years ago, and I'm, 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 try, I'm trying to think and relate it. It was either to the church anniversary as when I was 60. That's what it was. And I think I had been here 12 years at that time. That, that's what it was. Something like that. And I was, I was praying and I thank God for those, those first 12 years that we had had here. And I said something to the effect, Lord, I just pray you'll give me 12 more. I want you to know, my time's up this year. <laughs> I, I've been thinking think about it. I, I didn't think so much about it for quite a while. But, but all of a sudden, this year, I've been thinking about it all year. And especially the other day, somebody said, Something about making out of my will and uh, said, I know a good lawyer. And I thought, you're you trying to tell me something? <laughs> hey, look, I don't know if I'm going to die this year or next year or uh, when. But, but I know that is in God's hand. It's in God's hand. The safest place in all of the world for us to be is in the center of God's will, and we can never die prematurely when we're in the will of God. I'm going to live just as long as God wants me to live, as long as I'm living like God wants me to live. And that same thing's true for each and every one of us here this morning. That time, the time of death, is in His hand. I, I don't know about you, but I can sleep on that because I know that God never makes any mistakes. He does all things well. Now, 
I want you to notice the veracity, that is the truthfulness of this statement, because I know maybe somebody's thinking, well, you know, all of that in theory sounds good, but in fact, it just sounds too good to be true. Well, let me assure you, it is true. When David makes this statement, it's reality, it's not rhetoric. He's not just filling up space using empty, flowery words to impress people. He's giving us the facts. It's not just his feelings, it's the facts. And I can say that for two reasons. I only need one, but I've got two. Number one is the truth of the Scriptures. Because this is not an isolated incident. You go all through the Bible and you see again and again and again that the Bible confirms what David said. And God can't lie. God's faithful and God's true. And we can depend on what God says regardless of how unreasonable it seems. There's no better evidence than that. To just be able to say, God said it and I believe it and that settles it. I mean, that's it. So we have the testimony, the truth of the Scriptures, but we also have the testimony of the saints. In other words, the multitude of people that could bear witness to this glorious truth because many people have gone through worse, th- the very worst things imaginable and they found God to be sufficient to help them in their time of need. And I think it's only fair that we give consideration to what they've said considering how they lived. Considering that morally they were the best people that ever lived on the face of the earth. And people with great courage, people that refused to compromise, people that lived for God because they loved God. And then they bear testimony of the fact that God has been with me through all of this. If you've never read the writings of George Matheson, I encourage you to to do that. I wish I could tell you the story, but I've been blessed so many times over and over reading what that man went through, a blind man. And reading his story and seeing his courage going through all of the disappointments and the hardships of life. And to know that the same God that helped him, the same God that was with Paul and Silas in the jail, the same God with Daniel in the lion's den, the same God that walked in the fire, that same God is with me and with you. We're in His hand. It's all in His hand. We need not fear because this is the truth. Our times are in His hand. Now, one more thing, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that, and this is the value of this truth. You know, sometimes preaching can be really interesting, and if I preach what's on my heart tonight, there's some interesting stuff about a time in history that I'm not going to go into. And a lot of times, you know, we can look into the ancient past at things that happened, and it's also interesting. Or, or maybe we're over in the book of Revelation and we're thinking about prophecy and we're thinking about the, the future and how interesting that is. But a lot of times we enjoy the message, but we don't understand the practical value of it. And I don't want you to leave here without understanding the practical value 
of this truth. That is how it relates to your life. Because there are a multitude of different things and different ways that this will help you with whenever you embrace that statement as the truth. My times are in God's hands. You see, that gives us courage in the face of danger. And I'll tell you, sometimes we need courage. It's so strange that the last three or four weeks, I think I've made exactly the same statement and and didn't plan on it, and it just happened. And I mentioned the fact that there are people here that are going through things that you never imagined. And as you meet and greet one another, as you shake hands with them, as you engage in conversation with them, they're not going to spill their guts, and they're not going to tell you all of their heartaches and all of their fears and all of their problems and all of their difficulties. But don't you ever walk out that door thinking that there's nobody here with huge, heavy burdens in their life. You'd be amazed, you'd be shocked at at the gravity of some situations and the burden that some dear souls are carrying. And we need courage. Courage in the time of danger. And this gives us courage to know that whatever times that we're going through, whatever the season of life that we're in, that we're in God's hand. He's in control. It also gives us confidence during a time of difficulty. Whenever there's maybe a disaster in our life, it gives us confidence and it gives us comfort. It gives us contentment whenever deprivation comes into our life. It gives us cheerfulness amid all of the many demands of life. It enables us to be committed to our duty, our responsibility. It gives us a calm spirit even as we face death. The list goes on and on and on. The value of living in the awareness that our times are in God's hands. There's some of you no doubt this morning that if you stood and testified, you could recall a time in your life, maybe, maybe years ago, maybe it was just in the recent future or past. Something that you've gone through and that during the time you thought, I don't know how I'll ever get through this. I don't know how I will ever survive. I don't know how I can possibly make it. And now you look back on that and you see that God brought you through it. God might not have changed all of the circumstances, but He changed you. And you see, that's the kind of comfort that we can gain from knowing that we're in His hand and There's no way I can stand here and list all of the benefits of being a believer in Christ. But regardless of our situation, just knowing that our times are in His hands, knowing that enables us to accept whatever it is that He allows. And we can accept it because we have the assurance that regardless of how painful and regardless of how bad it is, some way or another, either now or later, either seen or unseen, that God is going to use that for our good and His glory. 
Didn't Paul say all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to the called according to His purpose? And isn't that what he said? Is that true? We need to remember that when we're going through the difficult times. God is our Creator. God is our Father. He is our Redeemer. But if you refuse Him, He becomes your judge. And He's going to hold you accountable for all of your sins. You see, the same God who holds His people in the palm of His hand and keeps them safe, one day will raise that hand in judgment against those who reject Him. So while all of this is a word of comfort to God's people, it ought to be a frightening thing to those that know not the Lord. The Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. But if that describes you, I want you to know this morning there is hope, and that hope is found in Christ. Look back up to verse number 5 for just a moment, and I want you to notice what David did here in verse 5. He said, Into thine hand I commit my spirit. And if you read the entire psalm, you'll see that it was in his desperation that he just throws himself into God's hands. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. In other words, I'm putting everything into God's hands. Look, because he did that, David then, during these times of stress, could say, my times are in thy hand. The solution for David's problem is the solution for your problem. And whenever you commit your spirit into God's hands... You can live knowing that, that everything is in His hands. Like the old song, He's got the whole world in His hands. Well, He sure does. And that's the safest place to be. I remember reading about one of the early church fathers and the suffering back during the time of the martyrs in, in the second century. And he was brought before this pagan king that commanded him to renounce his faith in Christ. And the king said, if you don't, I'll banish you. And the man just smiled at the king and said, you can't banish me from Christ, for he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And so the king said, well, then I'll confiscate all of your money. I'll take away all of your possessions. And again, the man just smiled at him and said, You can't do that. My treasures are all laid up in heaven, and you can't get to them. Well, the king is furious now, and the king said, I'll kill you. And the man said, well, I've died 40 years ago. I died with Christ. I'm dead to the world. My life is hid with Christ in God. You can't touch it. And so the old king in desperation just turned to all of his advisors and said, what can you do with a fanatic like that? I'm glad I've got something the world can't take away. Amen. I'm glad that in the Lord Jesus Christ that we have security 
And we have the exceeding great and precious promises that regardless of what we're going through, it's all in His hands. And He doesn't make any mistakes. And whatever He allows you to be subjected to, He lets it happen for some good reason. Have you ever thought about why even God even let sin enter into the world? Why didn't He make Adam and Eve just like a robot? You know, I mean, they couldn't do anything but respond to His command. He says left, and they go left. And he says right, go right. Jump, and they jump. And Now, God could have done that, but He didn't. God created man with a free will. And in doing so, man had the opportunity to either obey God or to sin against God. Right? And we know what the choice was. Adam sinned against God. He fell. And it affected the whole human race. Why would God... You see, God's not the author of sin. God didn't cause the sin... But God allowed the sin. Why would He do that? Well, if He hadn't done that, you and I wouldn't know anything about the greatness of His love. The angels don't. Believe it or not, according to the Bible right now, there are angels watching us. What's going on in this service They are astonished. We were singing about amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And the angels are... Wondering, what's that all about? They're created beings. They don't know anything about the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can't explain to you the reason why God let these, these tragedies happen in your life. I can't explain why God allows good people to suffer pain and bad problems. I can't explain it. But you shouldn't need an explanation. The only thing any of us need to know is that God has a reason for it. That some way or another, at some point in time in history or eternity, that bad thing is going to be used for a good reason. Just like God took the very worst thing that ever happened, that was the crucifixion of His own dear Son, And He used that to redeem the human race. God's going to take whatever you're going through and use that, if not for some good now, to prepare you for a future ministry in eternity. That's what the suffering did for Jesus, right? The Bible says that He is our high priest and He can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. How is that so? What does he know about suffering? Well, he suffered. That that makes him fit, qualified to be our high priest because he knows what we've been through. And you mark it down even though you don't understand it now. There's some good reason why God allows bad things to happen to good people. And one of these days, didn't the Bible say if we suffer with him, we'll do what? will reign with Him, right? In other words, God has a ministry for His people. And whatever you're going through, God's going to use all of those things getting you ready for the work 
that he has for you to do. And we ought to be able to live with that. Let's stand together. Father, how we thank you for the blessed assurance that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. That even in the worst of times that we know that we can trust you to bring about the very best things imaginable. Things that that we can't even fathom in our natural mind. And to know that you can take all of those tragedies, those heartaches, even our sins, even our mistakes. And you can use all of those things in some way for your glory and our good. Lord, this morning I pray if there are those here that are strangers to your saving grace, I pray you'll help them to understand that there's absolutely nothing in all of the world that's going to meet their deepest need or to get them through their problems other than Christ. And so may they trust Him this morning as their Savior and leave here knowing as every believer does that our times are in Your hand and we have every reason to feel safe. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' dear name we pray. Amen.